I'll keep talking as, as, as long as you want me to keep talking, but I'll, I'll, trust, I'll trust where you want to take us. This is Van Collar. Van Collar. We're at the West Coast. My name is Moamir, and today on This is Van Color, I am joined by an award-winning news and current affairs multimedia journalist. They are the morning news editor and backfill host of CBC Daybreak North. You might recognize them as the national anthem singer for the WHL's Prince George Cougars, or perhaps even as their alter ego singing drag queen extraordinaire Ms. Fondle. The host of CBC British Columbia's critically acclaimed original podcast, They and Us, which is out now wherever you listen to your podcasts. They are Will Fundal. Will, how are you? Hey, Mo, that, that's such a beautiful introduction. I don't know if I agree with all of that. <laughs> it's, very, it's very kind. Th- thank you very much for I that introduction. I stuck to the facts, Will. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a pleasure talking to you. I'm, I'm so glad that you invited me to talk about the NS. It is truly my pleasure, but I have to ask you right off the bat. Whatever happened to Canadian Idol? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Such a long time ago, I started I, I started doing um, production assistant work with Canadian Idol, and mm-hmm. uh, that, I mean, that was so much fun. And I remember one of the years, um, uh, I, do you remember who Vicky Gabbaro is? Yes. She had her own talk show. She had her own talk show on CTV. She used to work for CBC and had a nationally syndicated radio show. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was working as an intern uh, on her show on CTV. And because I was there, I sort of got introduced and I walked the hallways and I, I met people and they said, hey, we're looking for production assistance. Do you want to work for Canadian Idol when they were they were in Vancouver? And so, wow. of course, I was like, yeah, sure. That would be so much fun. <laughs> and one of the years, uh, Vicky, we were doing like a CTV after season, like, let's have karaoke, let's feed the staff kind of thing. And I sang. Oh, nice. Yeah. I know you're a big karaoke fan. I, I love karaoke. And we didn't actually get to talk about my karaoke love on the podcast. We, didn't, <laughs> we couldn't find a spot to talk about that. But we were. I was singing karaoke and Vicky Gabriel said, why don't you audition for Canadian Idol? Oh. And I, I mean, it had never occurred to me. I said, well, I've worked as a production assistant. Why would I want to do that? And so she convinced me. And I, <laughs> I went on the show. It was terrifying. I was so not good. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for people who don't know how the production works, like it's not just what you see on TV. Like you walk in and you're on TV, and then you do the the auditions. Like there mm-hmm. are several steps to get there. Sure. And by by the time I got to the spot where you're actually on TV, I was sick. Like I, I had a cold. Oh, I'd been no. singing for two days in a row. Like it was just terrible. And I'm fairly certain that the I, I think there was part of one of my auditions or the TV audition that, that got on, but oh, that's I, cool. I, I did not get through as is maybe obvious to most people. <laughs> but you know what? That's part of the experience. I think that's still a pretty cool thing to say that you did. And even making TV is pretty cool. So that's awesome. It's, it's, it's so much fun. And, you know, the thing about it is when you look at TV productions, I mean, even radio productions, right? It is a, a, a except for news or at least the, the part that I've been doing, it's, it's not really... Um, it's not reality TV, right? right. Whereas when, when you do things like Canadian Idol, I mean, it's reality TV. So there's, there's a level of production in there that, that I think 
if people who don't know don't know and so not all of it is um i mean it's supposed to be entertaining yeah when you're when you're watching reality tv so it's i was just not as entertaining and i i think because i knew i sucked i purposefully was not entertaining so i wouldn't make it any further and wouldn't be like the butt of the joke <laughs> or something like that <laughs> i'm sure it was awesome congratulations by the way we booked this podcast recording prior to the launch of They and Us. And I was excited for it, but I was really excited and happy for you, for all the good press, all the social media kudos, and ultimately, you know, the incredible work that you and everyone behind the podcast was able to produce. And that goes for producer Andrew Curiata as well. Hey, you pronounced kudos. his name correctly. No one ever does. I listened to the <laughs> podcast. That's how I knew how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and you know what? Thank you. And it's... It really is. I mean, it's it, it's such a privilege to be able to share people's stories. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, one of the things that that I promised, I promised to the people that you hear in the podcast, is that they this would be a place for them to be able to share their stories safely, share their stories, and I promise something that I rarely ever promise to people, which is you will be part of the production, i.e. After we've, you know, I've, I've done our interviews and after I've put it all together, I want you to hear it because mm -hmm. I want, I want you to, to know what I'm going to put on there. And I want you to tell me if I'm accurately representing your lived experiences, mm -hmm. because we all have different lived experiences. And, and that's, I think that, that that's a promise that I, that I think I've been able to, to keep to all of the, the people on the show mm -hmm. that. I've I've provided that safe space or I've created space that 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 they've said has been safe and I've been able to represent their stories in in as accurately and as nuanced as as they see it to be. Mhm. Mm I mean obviously they would be the judge but just from a listener's perspective I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was a very well produced podcast. The stories that interweave with each other were really well made and really well produced. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. And and like you said, it is a, I mean, it's a team effort, right? Andrew Corietta and I have been talking, um, like we've had lots and lots of conversations, sometimes arguments about what we think the story is or how it should be written or mm -hmm. what we should and shouldn't include. And I think the the process has just been, um, we, we, I think we've both learned lots of things as we went through this process about things that I care about and things that I didn't know I cared about right. and, and similar to Andrew as well. Like it's just been a, a really, really good team, team effort between the two of us. And, and of course, like my regular job is to read the morning news for Northern BC. Mm -hmm. And we have a team of four people in Prince George and another two in Prince Rupert. So like just because I'm away doing this, it also means that it's a bit of extra work for everyone else around me. So right. the team at Daybreak North had to do extra things so that Andrew and I could could work on this podcast. And, and our team from Vancouver also, I'm sure, had lots of extra work that they had to do because <laughs> we weren't doing our work. So it's, I mean, it is it is very much a team effort. And and it, I'm so grateful that, that, that I had lots of support from people who both said they supported and actually followed through with with action and 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 that sort of thing. So it's it's just mm -hmm. been it's been great. So I want to get into some of the topics and themes of the podcast, but I just want to make something very clear. I'm a very basic bro. I'm a very basic cis privileged bro. 
I haven't really delved into a lot of these issues that they and us covers, but I've certainly tried to prepare myself in anticipation of chatting with you. And I just want to say everything in this conversation is in good faith. If I do say something problematic, it's completely out of ignorance or just mistake. So, you know, please feel free to call me out or correct me, but just know that I'm coming from a place of good faith and curiosity. I, I appreciate that. And, you know, the, the thing about it is, and you you may have discovered this, is there like there is no one answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's there's no like when I when Andrew and I created this podcast, it wasn't like a, this is going to be a gender studies course. And this is going to be the official word of the record yeah. to show you what non-binary and what trans means. Like it's it's there. There are so many so many layers to all of this and and i mean we talk about the gender spectrum because it actually like it is a spectrum mm-hmm. it's not just man or woman and when we're talking about gender like gender identity right it's not just man or woman you could be somewhere in between which is how i um how i identify mm-hmm. but i've i know people who don't identify in that spectrum either so it is it is a very complex thing. That's what I want to ask you about. I want to separate out these terms. And I know you just said this isn't going to be the definitive textbook on gender studies. But just for a general concept, how do we define or look at non-binary versus transgender? Yeah, well, um, we'll put it, maybe I'll answer it this way. Um, I grew up, uh, so I'm a Filipino Catholic person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up in, I was born in the Philippines. I lived in Qatar for, for five and a half, I think, or six years. Mm. I went back to the Philippines, and then I moved to Richmond. And so this is the frame that I have in my experiences. And I was taught that if you have a penis, you're a man. And mm-hmm. if you have a vagina, you're a woman. Um, if you have a penis and you like another person with a penis, that means you're gay. Mm-hmm. If you have a vagina and you like another person who has a vagina, then you're also gay or lesbian, if, if you want to use that term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sort of the, the context that, that I think a lot of us have grown up, um, grown up sort of learning. Sure. But as we, as we, um, as we look at understanding, our understanding of gender and gender identity, it's actually more complicated than that because so there's there's your body parts so what you, your sex assigned at birth mm-hmm. um, you know you have a penis you have a vagina maybe you're intersex you you have a combination of both um, that that's your that's your sex or your mm-hmm. assigned sex assigned at birth then there's your sexual preference or your attractions um, and, and that's how we've sort of seen it, right? Like if you're a man and you're attracted to another man, you're gay. If mm-hmm. you're a woman and that kind of sort of thing. But it, there's actually more layers. Then there's the gender identity. And the gender identity part from, from what I've learned and as and I'm still learning, and I don't speak for anyone else, but my own experiences, what I've learned so far is gender identity to me means deep down inside, how do I identify who, who am I? am I? Do I identify as a man or do I identify as a woman? Right. And for me, it's somewhere in between. And I use the, the umbrella term um, non-binary. And then there's your gender expression. So like how you want the world to see you and how the world sees you as well. So mm-hmm. I could do my hair or dress in a feminine way, in a masculine way, maybe in an androgynous way. That, that's, that's the expression part. Um, and so there's all of these layers that that sort of change the way 
we, we do things. I'll give you an example. So one of the things that I learned as I was going through this process and as I figured out my gender identity was I was very much a transphobic person. Hmm. I, I remember going on dates with trans people and I, we would get to the part where, um, where, where, where it would get serious and there, there might be some form of um, uh, the sex part of it, but I, I often self-sabotaged as I, as I look back. And now I think about it and it makes sense to me because my mind made me feel like that wasn't okay because mm. my mind couldn't appreciate that. Like for me, it was like, well, I'm dating someone who identifies as a woman, but they have a penis. Is, is that okay? And in my mind, in the past, that was the thing. Even like, though it, you had an attraction? Yeah. yeah. And, and so mm. it, it, like my mind couldn't get it. And it wasn't until recently that I thought, holy shoot like oh you can swear if was, you want <laughs> like, 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 like it's to, it was totally transphobic and yeah. it, it i had a whole lot of shame and a whole lot of guilt and and i really had to sit down and try to figure out okay so what came up what what, what makes me think this was the case and, mm-hmm. and it was because my mind couldn't like my mind was telling me well this person yeah they identify as a woman but they have a penis so that's that's not okay well i mean because I couldn't think, I couldn't remove the body parts with the identity, with the mm. expression and the attraction, like it didn't make sense. But, but now it, it, I, it makes more sense than it did before. Yeah. Is it making sense when I'm, when I'm explaining it to you or when I, when I describe it? It is. And I have a question. So Please. When, when we look at non-binary versus transgender, and I guess they're, they're obviously related, so they're not opposed, but I've always thought of transgender as still somewhat on that binary scale between, you know, a trans woman or a trans male, whereas someone who is non-binary, their gender identity is a lot more nebulous and it's not on that male-female scale. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think part of it is because our brains have been taught in that binary way. I mean, I keep using the word binary, and and I, I hope people, your listeners, are, are have getting an appreciation for what I mean. Like, we're taught it's this or the other. And there's not really a lot of room in the way that at least I've been raised, mm-hmm. not that, that much space to appreciate that there's actually more layers than that. Right. And so when, when we think about trans people, like, I, I know some trans people who identify in a non-binary way. Okay. So they identify as a trans person. They they are transgender, um, and they're also they also have a non-binary gender identity. Um, like if you like if you go back in history, and that we cover this in episode three. Um, initially, the the way so uh, um, part of the history, and and I'm I'm using I'm I'm qualifying this because it's only part of it, right? Yeah. Part part of our history included that. If you were transgender, then it meant that, so let's say I have, I, I was born a, a assigned sex as male, mm-hmm. and, I, and then I came out and said, you know what, no, I'm transgender. The, the idea at the time was, okay, that means that I don't want to be a man and I want to be a woman. Right. Which is a binary thing. Yeah, exactly. And so, so the idea is then I would transition, I would get my surgery, gender-affirming surgery, and then I would be a woman. Mm-hmm. But that's, it's not that simple. It's, it's not our appreciation for, for gender and gender identity and expression. 
um, and attractions. It's it's not as simple as that anymore. Mm-hmm. You, you you can be male assigned at birth, identify as a woman, um, keep your body part, um, and maybe have gender affirming surgery that that would make your body closer to a you know you could you could get breasts mm-hmm. um, put on for example or, or like some, something about your body that, that would make you more comfortable so that you can express yourself your expression can be closer to what you you identify and it how you would describe someone like that may not be what you think it would be right and we'll get into the historical cultural nature of third gender fourth gender like other genders in a little bit I actually think an easier entry point for me into this discussion was that around gender expression. Because I think gender expression is very easy for most people to conceptualize if Mm -hmm. they've had no experience with How you look. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's so tied to culture, right? Like, obviously, different cultures have different expressions, but also expressions change within a single culture. So, for example, a skirt or certain types of jewelry in some cultures is totally masculine, whereas the expression might be seen as more feminine in other cultures. And Mm -hmm. another sort of contemporary example I'm thinking of is the idea of a crop top. You know, for the longest time in the West here, this was a very feminine type of shirt, but now we see the male athletes who are big and muscular wearing crop tops in this expression. And... I thought of something growing up, and this is not related to gender, but I think it's in the same idea of cultural expression and what it means. When I was in grade school in the 90s, my friend's teenage sister came over to our house to pick up my friend. I think we were in, like, grade five or something. And the friend's sister saw my mom's nose ring. Now, my mom is South Asian, and it was very common and is very common for South Asian girls to have their noses pierced quite young. And my friend's sister was like, oh, my God, you're a punk rocker. You're so cool. What a rebel. And my mom was, like, completely confused, right? She didn't understand (laughs) what that meant. And so the, the point that I'm trying to make is, like, expression, whether it's that of gender or certain subcultures, it's hinged upon varying social constructs. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? I, I I think you've nailed the, the the nail there. I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like, the the what we're talking about here these these are all social constructs, mm-hmm. right? The idea of what is feminine, what is masculine. That's something that that we've created as a society. Um, and, and and you're right. I mean, these are all constructs, and I think that's what makes that's what makes the idea of gender is so difficult for people, right? Because our, I mean, it, it, it totally depends on your context as well. Like, mm-hmm. one of the things that, that, that I think makes the podcast unique is that we're hearing from people who, are, who live or are from places like Prince George, which is not a Vancouver, it's not an Ottawa, it's not a Toronto, it's not a San Francisco. Right. So the, the context that we hear is, is, is different from someone who might live in, in those places. Like, for example, um, I... You know, I, the, I had some um, blowback. Is that is that the right term? I, I had some negative um, responses for, from some people in the queer community, saying, mm-hmm. "I can't believe that you are putting putting out this very basic, um, almost trope like examples mm-hmm. of of gender and gender identity." 
And I mean, that, that, that was quite hurtful for me. And it took me a while to sort of sit down and, and, and unpack some of those negative comments because, I mean, those things come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I really needed to sit down and figure out, okay, so I'm obviously very, very sad and very, very hurt about, I, I mean, I felt like I was attacked as a person. Um, and I, I was attacked, my, my lived experiences were attacked. Mm. And I really had to work through some of those internalized feelings. And I came up with, well, of course, my experiences won't be the same as someone from Toronto or from someone from Vancouver mm. or someone, right? Because when was the last time that someone who identified or, or, or described themselves as intersex or uh, who was agender, when was the last time I, I'd, I'd met someone like that in Prince George? Well, I don't recall ever meeting anyone like that. Sure. And so, right, so my context and the people we hear from, their contexts are different from, from someone in a larger center. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that's, that sort of colors everything that, that how we see the world and, and, and the experiences that we have because, you know, how you grew up would be, is, is going to be completely different with how I grew up. Of course, I mean, yeah. We're, you know, we're both brown. I think you're brown. Yeah, South <laughs> I'm Asian. Making, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm your South Asian, right? <laughs> so we're both brown. But my brownness is going, and my experiences are going to be very different from from, from how you grew up. Yeah, and yeah. Even though we're, we're both brown, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think when it comes to the podcast, as you said, you weren't trying to make this definitive catalog for what gender identity is and on the subject, but I think you achieved a very accessible piece of multimedia for people on the outside to yeah. understand these issues a little more. And and that's, you know, the word that you use accessible, like that's that really is what I was trying to get at. Like so mm. I was talking about the promises or the what what I was trying to accomplish. So the first was I wanted a safe space for mm-hmm the characters that we have on the NS so they can talk about their stories and and their stories can be reflected in an accurate and contextualized way that I accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, the next was to be able to show people who may not have thought about this or haven't had time or haven't put the effort in for whatever reason to learn about this and so that's what I was trying to accomplish is both of those, like we're, we're sort of straddling the line between two different audiences, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we have our characters who are queer, who are transgender, who are non-binary to be able to talk about their experiences, their lived experiences. And we also want to bring people like you who haven't thought about this or maybe mm-hmm. is, this is some, isn't something you talk about like this to like think and go, oh, Okay, I, I didn't think of it that way. Like, yeah. I, so after I, after Andrew and I produced this podcast and and each of the episodes came out, I have received many messages from people who, some of whom are friends, uh, work acquaintances, work friends, some people I don't know but know me because of of what I do for a living, mm-hmm. who say, "Oh, I get it." Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this whole they them thing isn't like a preference <laughs> like this is this like this isn't like well what is your preferred pronouns will roll my eyes they them that's not real by the way that's that's a plural word and you're dumb because it's singular mm-hmm. like it's it, it it finally made sense and i think part of the reason why we accomplished 
we were able to to get people to to relate to some of what we're listening to is because this isn't a gender studies course. Yeah. I'm not sitting there going, in 1972, this happened, and this happened, and that happened. We're hearing stories from real people about their real experiences that illustrate some of the things that, that people roll their eyes uh, about, or mm -hmm. that people are like, well, no, they is, is, is plural, that can't be true. We, we hear from people's experiences and it illustrates some of the issues. And I think that's why people who may not even agree, like I've gotten messages from people who disagree, but said, thanks for doing that. I get it now. Mm -hmm. I still don't agree with you, right? <laughs> but, but, but I get it now. And if hmm. I'm going to like, imagine if you were like, hi, Will, my name is Mo. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Bob. <laughs> and I kept saying, hey, Bob, hey, Bob, and then started using she, her pronouns. I, I'm pretty sure you'd hang up on me. Yeah, I would brush it off the first few times, and then I would say, hey, <laughs> I would reassert yeah. my and, name and, and pronouns, absolutely. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about this is we get to a point where I think for the most part, we're all respectful people, mm -hmm. and we, we all... Um, and I'm generalizing. I recognize that I'm gener generalizing here. The people who I know um, and people who I have now gotten to know, for the most part, I think we just, we respect each other. And if it, if we think about, you know, how, like when you introduce people, I'm not going to use the wrong name for you because that's, mm. I mean, I don't want to be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just rude. If I'm like, hey, I'm Will. Oh, okay, Stan. Like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. And And so I think that's where... At least the people who I've spoken with and even the people who completely disagree with the premise of the podcast, at the very end of it, still say, yeah, thanks for doing it because I get it now and I'm, I'm you know, I'm probably going to keep making mistakes and that's fine, but I, I kind of get it now and mm -hmm. I'll, try, I'll try better. And really, this is like, that's, that to me is success. Because yeah. we're now talking about it. It's not this like fetishized or like big thing that is so incomprehensible like we we sort of break it down through experiences and through through stories, which is I've learned, and I really should know, but I continue to learn. That's how we all learn: is we we hear stories from people, and you go, oh yeah, like Harper talking about being being seen as a person. Mm -hmm. Well, when we were growing up as teenagers, wasn't that what we were trying to do? Yeah, we just wanted to be seen by people. So there's all of these stories that are so relatable as you listen. And, and that's what I was trying to accomplish is just... Will, I want to get into your story a little bit. I love the vulnerability, and I love that uh, you shared this experience. But uh, I want to get into it a little it's more. So, it's so terrifying, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my if goodness. If you're comfortable with whatever you're comfortable with sharing. You know, Lau, well, ask me questions. Let's talk about it. I mean, it's already on the podcast, so I can't really say no and I'll talk about that. <laughs> but, but tell me about your journey in terms of coming out as non-binary, because you talk about it as a realization. So I'm curious what preceded that realization, what the moment was, if it was a realization, as you say. Tell me about that. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I think about my, and, and I really hate it when I use the word journey, but it is a very relatable word, so we're going to use journey. <laughs> so when I think of my journey from when I was born to um, realizing my, my, um, my sexual um uh, sexual preferences, who I'm attracted to, um, like it. It has been a journey of I was born a boy. I was called a young man or an adult man. All mm -hmm. these things, and then I realized that okay, well, I like women. 
which is normal, quote unquote normal. Oh, but then I also am attracted to boys and and men. So, okay, I guess I'm. Am I gay or am I bisexual? I don't know. Okay, so I'm gay. Nope, I'm bisexual because I'm still attracted to women. And, and then got to the point where, when we hear about Harper's story, like, and you'll hear this in the podcast, Harper was talking on the show that I work for. Um, we were we were interviewing them about them being non-binary. And it was during that interview that my mind was, and I, and I described this in the podcast as my mind was blown because they were talking about their experiences, about, about the different layers of identity and gender that I was like, oh my goodness, like what they're talking about, this makes sense to me. Mm. And then it was kind of like all of these dots suddenly... Like, we were all connected as I looked through my past, hmm. looked through my past transphobia or the, the issues that I had with the people who I, who I was attracted to. And, and it became a realization to me that this was an, a gender identity that, that made sense to me. Hmm. And that's sort of how I got, got to it. I mean, would I have discovered, um, figured out that I was non-binary or I am non-binary if we didn't hear from Harper, if I never met Harper? maybe, probably, may not have happened as, as quickly as now. But it's that thing, right? Like when we hear about people's stories and they're relatable and you look at, you look at your own things, that's, that's how we learn things. I mean, mm-hmm. even when we think about people coming out as gay or bisexual, like I, I, I often heard the, the, the coming out stories of, oh, I heard someone else talk about how it's okay and it gave me the strength or made me brave or whatever you want to, whatever words you want to use to, to know that it was okay to feel safe and then I came out. It was similar. Harper to me is, is, is that person. When they talked about their non-binariness, that, that it made my life make more sense. Mm. When you did come out as non-binary to family, friends, coworkers, obviously we're talking about a bunch of different people that you're coming out to, mm-hmm. but what were the reactions in general? And, or was there a range of reactions? <laughs> I, th- I think I would probably say there is a range of reactions. I mean, my, I live with my best friend, Stacy, and I talked about her in the podcast. Um, and we actually don't hear from her, which I'm surprised about. I thought I would interview her and get her on the show. But I mean, I, so I live with Stacy. And after my interview with her, after the interview that uh, our show did with Harper, I went to her and I said, hey, so Stacy. We just interviewed Harper, and I, I know, I, like, I'd been talking to her about Harper's story, mm-hmm. and I said, so, this kind of makes sense. What if I'm non-binary? Mm. Uh, am I, like, it feels like it's right, but what if? Or am I just thinking about trying to get it? Like, is this an attention thing, which is often something that we hear when, when people think about coming out. You know, some people say, oh, you're just trying to get attention. So I, I explored that with him, like, am I trying to get attention? Is this a real thing? And we ta- as we talked about it, and I, as I talked about all of my fears of, of potentially being non-binary and talking about my preconceived notions of what non-binary means and the negative and not-so-negative things about, about it, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I thought, no, you know what, this is, this is me. Mm-hmm. And, and Stacy was very helpful in, in reframing it and just listening to some of my worries and some of my fears that I got to a point where I said, you know what, this is, this is who I am. And it makes sense to me and my life suddenly makes sense. So I am going to come out, 
but I'm not going to come out right away. I'm just going to add they, them as pronoun, as my pronouns in my email signature. And it started there. Hmm. And people started asking questions. Hey, I noticed you have they, them. What do you mean? <laughs> that was my next question. When you, you like, well, what do you mean? Well, well, and so that's what I'm curious about. So when you say, okay, my pronouns are they, thems, suddenly, basically, right? Like you've changed. You've you've decided these are now my pronouns. So you've changed to others outside of you. What was their reaction to saying, oh, like I have to use they, them now? What was yeah, I, was that? Was so, it confusion? Was it curiosity? I, I think some people were confused in the beginning, um, and 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 at the time I was very very like I had lots of um, I, I, I was patient because I wanted people to understand. Mm. Um, I, I wanted so I I spent lots of time sort of explaining what it meant to me because again I don't speak for any other non-binary person or trans person or sure. other queer folk like this is just my experience. So well, when I talk about what it means to me, then then it makes sense mm-hmm. um like i still remember putting in the order to change my business cards and there is nowhere in the cbc business card forum that talks about pronouns and i created it and when <laughs> when the, when the people in ottawa or toronto or wherever it is you send you know called me and said what is this and i said oh yeah can you just make this line and put pronoun you know mm. pronouns or my pronouns and then this and of course they put preferred pronouns which is another thing that it's another long conversation, but it, they, they did it. And, and that's sort of how I, I came out is I had it in my email signature. I got business cards. Mm. Um, and then I posted about it on Instagram or Twitter or wherever it is, social media that I put up. And, and that's sort of how I came out to everyone else. My coworkers, it was at a meeting and I said, hey, by the way, it's not a big deal. Like it literally was, hey, it's not a big deal. I just wanted to let you you folks know that that I use they, them pronouns and I'm, I'm hoping that you will use that and I identify as a non-binary person. Thanks, don't ask questions, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, they ask questions because yeah. journalists are so inquisitive and so nosy that that we <laughs> we talked about it. But 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 in all honesty, my you know the coworkers that I have are are they, similar to what I was talking about earlier about just being respectful. Like they were just curious and they wanted to know. Okay, so this is how you identify, but why? Mm-hmm. Can you help me understand? And 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 I don't think I answered the but why right away, and I'm still answering the but why. Right. And, and it is a it's it's a work in progress. Like I have some some high school friends who who I haven't spoken to in a while and and on Facebook they said um I'm sorry I like I'm going to get it wrong and I said yeah because what I'm almost 35 and we knew each other for what 6 7 8 years and yeah. you used he him. Of course you're not going to get it right all the time because you our brains are taught things and We've, you know, I've told you for a long time that I used he, him pronouns. So of course, you're going to get it wrong. And that's okay. Because mm-hmm. I know, I know that you're not sitting there going, yeah, yeah, whatever, Will, you have a penis, so you're a man. F you. Right? Like, it's, it's, it, and it goes back to that respect thing. You know, I'm not going to say, actually, Mo, you are, you are Chinese. <laughs> sure. Right? I, I know you're brown, but no, you know what? You're Chinese, Mo, so I'm just going to say that you're Asian and you're from from the Philippines or you're from Japan. Or you're, like, Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just, it's, yeah, it's about... No, what, I, I understand what you're saying. I And I understand the reactions because I'm putting myself in that position of, you know, what if a friend 
had come out that way as well as in terms of being. Have you ever had a friend? Have you ever had a friend that that's that's come out to you that in no. that way? No, you know the only non-binary trans people that I have in my life, I've known them as that. So mm-hmm. I ha- I've never had a friend come out as non-binary. I should say. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Did you get the but why? or questions from your family. I mean, there's a great scene in the podcast. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's with (laughs) you and your dad, and it's you effectively telling your dad or coming out as non-binary. But moving beyond that scene with the rest of your family, was there a conversation around the pronouns, around you coming out as non-binary? You know, the the thing about... And and every family is different, right? Um, mm-hmm. my, I I grew up as a, like my dad's side of the family was uh, was uh, Catholic or is Catholic and and was very devout Catholic people. And my mom's side of the family, some were Catholic and another were, were part of. Uh, um, See, I, and I'm not very religious, so I'm going to get this wrong. But they they were the other not Catholics. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sure. I'm sorry. I just I don't know enough. But and so we don't. Like, like these Protestants, were things, you mean? I don't know what the right term <laughs> okay. is. There was so something I'm just else. About, okay. They were, they were not Catholic, the, the other not Catholics. Okay, got it. Um, and, and so it was It was one of those things where my assumptions, and because they, these are my assumptions based on my lived experiences, mm-hmm. was that we don't talk about these things. It's sort of like a don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. And so I remember when I came out to my mom like years ago, I was driving from Toronto to North Carolina to visit to visit a friend. I had some taken taken some time off. I was driving, and it was like I don't know a nine hour drive or ten hour drive or something along those lines. And I I used up all of my roaming data because I FaceTime audioed my mom <laughs> because my mom and sister were flying to the Philippines, and I was generally worried that they would be hurt because of the political climate at the time. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I got to tell them because what if something happens on the plane ride? Yeah. And it was like it was like I had used up I don't know. 10 gigs of data roaming in the United States because all I wanted to say was, oh, hey, mom, by the way, I'm bisexual. (laughs) Like, I spent all of that time and in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to be disowned. And I was prepared for that. And instead, my mom said, okay, sure. (laughs) And I was like, I just used 10 gigs of data. Oh my, this is so expensive. (laughs) Just, it was like anticlimactic, right? So, and, and so, it, it sort of, it colored, so you would think then that, that that I should think, okay, my family is okay with this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But instead, I still had those pre preconceived notions that, no, it's not going to be okay because as Filipinos, we're conservative. Like all these these things that go through my mind. Right. And it, um, I'm not going to say how it ended because I want people to listen. Of course. <laughs> to, yeah, the, yeah. To, to the episode. I think it's episode three. Is it three or four? Something like that. It's somewhere It's somewhere in one of the episodes mm-hmm. uh, where I talk about... It's in the middle. Yeah. It's in the middle somewhere there. And, and that's the thing, though. It's just our contexts and our lived experiences really color how we see things. Right. And, and I had made these... I mean, and, and I still haven't... We haven't really talked about it. I mean, I... I have come out to my family and we've had very, very brief discussions about what it means mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to sort of translate or trying to relate the, the they, them to Filipino, to Tagalog, mm. to Tagalog. What was a bit challenging because I, I mean, I speak fluently, but also, you know, I don't, I don't have a deep, full appreciation of, of Filipino. So it, it was hard for me to sort of explain 
Um, and in parts of Filipino and Tagalog, like they use non-gendered language. So it's like sibling instead of instead of brothers. Oh, interesting. I mean, the, okay. Like, I mean, there are words that say that, yeah. but there are also words that are, are quite non-gendered. So it, yeah. it, it was a bit challenging. I think one of the things that can be hard for someone who has no experience in discussing these issues or they have no experience with knowing anyone who's non-binary or, or trans is how much of sexuality is defined in binary terms. I mean, it's heterosexual or homosexual or bisexual, right? It's still binary when we talk about those three terms. So how do we look at sexuality or sexual orientation from a non-binary lens? Is it just that it's different for each person? And is that another way of saying pansexual? What's the way or what's the useful way, I guess, of looking at it? Right. I, I mean, I wish I had a um, an answer that would work for everyone, <laughs> but, but, but I don't. And, and that's the thing, though. Um, similar to gender identity, where, you know, am I, am I a man, am I a woman, am I somewhere in between, mm -hmm. uh, or am I outside of that spectrum? It's the same with, with, with sexuality, because when you think of the attractions part, mm -hmm. like, I could be attracted to a man. Does that mean I'm attracted to a trans man? Well, a man is a man mm -hmm. to me, and a woman is a woman. They may be non-binary. Fine. It, it, like, there is the sexual attraction part, and then there is the emotional slash intellectual attraction. Like, this is something that I've, I've recently... Well, I've, I've con I'm continuing to discover is that my sexual attraction to people may be completely divergent from my intellectual and emotional attraction to someone. Mm. And when you sort of think of it that way, it's not as binary as this or the other, right? right. Like it's, it's a spectrum with all of those things. Gender identity is a spectrum. Gender expression is a spectrum. Your sexual preference or your attractions uh, are, are spectrums or they're part of a spectrum, whether that's the sexual part or the intellectual or emotional part, right? Like this is all a spectrum. And, mm -hmm. and we're just so taught to think of things in a binary way that it's just so hard to understand. And, and we like to categorize things. <laughs> yeah, we do like to categorize. I mean, even non-binary is an umbrella categorization, yeah. right? Um, and but it it can mean something different to other people. Yeah, and that, and, then that, and that's the challenge, right? Because we are we do live in a society where we want to put people in boxes or put put people. We want to understand people because oh, you're grouped like these people, so you're that, or mm -hmm. you're grouped with these people, so you're that. And I think that's what makes it so challenging mm -hmm. um, to, to to understand. I mean, even I'm still struggling um, to to get it. Um, I remember meeting someone who is uh, a trans woman was also non-binary and like initially my brain was like wait i don't get it what do you mean but i thought if you're trans you're this or that so then how can you be which a trans was my woman question at the start of the podcast right like <laughs> what do you mean and, yeah. and and that like if we were to if we were to stick to our binary thinking of course it's gonna be confusing mm -hmm. but if you if you unpack some of those layers it starts to make some sense yeah and the thing is like i like, if you see someone and you're like, oh, I wonder if they're a man or a woman, who cares? Like, wh why do you care if they're a man or a woman? 
right? Like, who cares? Yeah, ultimately, does it really yeah. does it really matter? Right? You <laughs> might see someone who who lo- might might have, you know, they might have a beard, but they're wearing a dress. So then, I, like, I remember in in growing up, those were things that people would make fun of. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh, you're not a woman, or you're not a man. But who cares? Like, really, who cares? What are what is their how is their gender identity and expression and their assigned their 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 body parts and their attractions how does that threaten me yeah and why do I, why should i care and those are the questions that we sort of explore some of the questions that we explore in the podcast and so let's get into that who cares why is that important just question a little more one of the things that i actually find very fascinating is that Non-binary folk are not new, <laughs> you know. People no, might think that it's not. a new phenomenon, but it's sure not isn't. a new phenomenon historically speaking, culturally yeah, and, speaking. Yeah, and, and and trust me, Mo, I have gotten so much. Uh, it's 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 been tough because I've I've heard from other non-binary folk who are like, "Are you kidding me? Like, why are you only just talking about this now? Are you dumb? We've existed for like ever." And I'm like, "Exactly. <laughs> why aren't we talking about these things now? Like what like why yeah. why is this not like why are we still confused about this?" And that's part of the reason why we did the podcast is because yes, we do have trans people, non-binary people, people who are not part of that colonial definition of gender, which is man or woman. Mm-hmm. People who identify that way have existed forever. Yeah. Now, I do, so I've not done the full research about how far it goes and which societies and which cultures, but I've heard enough from people who know who say, yeah, this has been a thing for a long time, so why are you just doing this now? And I, I often respond with, well, why isn't this something that people get if this has been the case for a long time? And then mm-hmm. the conversation sort of ends, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, and I get it. It's people have existed for a long time and we still don't get it and and that's why I'm that's why we're talking about this and I'm hoping that by doing the podcast and talking to people like you like we're talking about this on a platform like CBC where we're supposed to reflect Canada mm-hmm. we're supposed to reflect who the people here are their cultures their viewpoints yet we don't talk about this when we talk about it during pride and it's like oh yeah pride's done so never mind let's go talk about all these other things right like no yeah. like people exist People mm-hmm. who have who aren't part of or don't identify within that binary have been here forever, and it seems like just not everyone has felt. I mean, similar to me, I've not felt safe up until recently to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, Mo? Ten years ago, so I've been at CBC for what, almost thirteen years. Can you imagine twelve and a half years ago me saying, "Oh, by the way, I'm non-binary." Like, I don't know if my coworkers would get it. Well, I now know my coworkers are kind, and they would be like, "Yeah, whatever, you're weird, fine." But, <laughs> but I don't think it was in the consciousness at that time, or certainly not as much as it is now, and, and not in the the quote unquote mainstream, mm. right? Yeah, and that's I, what I and mean. I, I, yeah. I hate generalizing it that way, but it is. I mean, really, like, were we talking about this on a show like yours, or on a place like CBC, or on a podcast? I don't know. Podcast existed then. I'm sure they did. <laughs> No, <laughs> but right, but like, would we be talking about this? No, because people would go, uh, actually, that is a mental illness. Yeah, that's not real. Yeah, I want to share with you my first encounter with non-binary people. Please, I was ten years old and I was visiting Pakistan with my family, and I saw a hijra. And in the West, we would probably describe or classify hijra as a trans woman. 
But when I saw these hijras, I asked my parents about them, and they explained that, historically speaking, hijras were neither seen as men or women as we understood them, even though they certainly had more feminine gender expression. Mm -hmm. And they taught me that, you know, they were actually seen as special or gentle souls from ancient mythology. They were seen as heavenly, or basically, right? And mm -hmm. this is despite the fact that both Islam and then British colonial influence dominated the region's culture and ended up marginalizing these hijras. But there was still a good portion of the Pakistani community that viewed and accepted them as a third gender and almost as like a spiritual type of third gender. And there's still a beautiful tradition there where hijras visit households when babies are born, right? So if there's a newborn baby in a household, they'll go there and they'll sing. And this has actually led to, at least in law, protections for trans folks, specifically with hijras in mind, in Pakistan, which, you know, really shocks of quite a few people when they hear that because they think of Pakistan and they think of you know, very strict conservative Islamic rules, but then they learn like, oh, they're actually on the forefront in the region to protect trans non-binary people. And, you know, that's one example, and that's one example that I can speak to because I remember seeing that and it's sticking with me as a child. But when you look throughout history, there are these examples of non-binary or what we can call third or fourth genders. And so that's where I'm fascinated, where people have this resistance to this idea of non-binary mm -hmm. folk, you know? Well, and, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, in, in the podcast, we hear from Yashna. I hope I said her name correctly. Um, mm -hmm. Yashna is a, is a Haido trans woman um, who, who's an, uh, an educator, and she talks about how her grandmother— uh, has given her, her nanai, has given her stories or told her stories of how um, it, historically for, for the Haida nation uh, or in, in, in their memory that people who weren't, I guess, associated or, or didn't identify as a man or a woman were, were seen as um, as important people. They, they were mm -hmm. recognized as, as important people. And, and it, it wasn't until until colonialism happened, that that we were instilled this no, you are either a, a proper gentleman or a you know a good lady, right? Mm -hmm. Like those th those ideas didn't come until then. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. I mean, it is unless we talk about it, unless we hear stories from people who know, like like you did. How would we ever know? Because we're th there's this construct that we have of you must be a man or you must be a woman. Oh, I guess you're gay. That's okay. Oh, you're bisexual. Sure, that's okay. You're trans. No, that's not a real thing, right? Like it's right. like it's th these are all things that 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 we all need to talk about that because it it changes the way we see things, right? Ima imagine if you never had that experience with with your family, would 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 this make as much sense to you as it does now? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, it definitely, like I said, it was the first time I had encountered non-binary folk. It certainly stuck with me, that experience, and even just that idea. I'm not sure if I completely understood it, but it was one that I certainly referred to as, as you said, this idea of non-binary and transgender became more talked about in the mainstream. It was right. one and thing it, that I had to refer to. 
in my mm-hmm. life. And, and it's an appreciation that, that you wouldn't have if, if that's something that you didn't experience. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, I in the podcast, I talk about how, and I repeat this so many times because it is such a complex, g- gender is such a complex and layered and nuanced thing that, that like what I'm telling you may not be the same experience that, that someone else out there has. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's so different. And, and the, I think what is, what, what helps a lot of people who I've spoken with understand or appreciate this is how relatable people's experiences are. Like when you dig deep down, mm-hmm. putting aside any kind of political beliefs or putting aside any religious beliefs about what a proper man or a proper woman, et cetera, would be, when you put that aside, like when you hear about Harper's story, it really is about them being acknowledged as a real person. Mm-hmm. And we all have, I think, experiences of that, like coming, like imagine your first job. You just want to be acknowledged for for you as a person who would be good at doing that job, right? Mm-hmm. Like these are all universal concepts that 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 we all have. And we we hear about it through through stories like what Harper talked about, like what Yash now talked about, like what Bryn Hanks, who is a trans man who also navigates the world with his autism, right? Like mm-hmm. all of these things, it 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 makes sense when you hear some of their stories because they're universal. Mm-hmm. One thing you hear from socially conservative commentators or right-wing pundits or whatever it is, they bemoan this idea that there is a multitude of pronouns. Now, in my very limited experience, I've just seen that, you know, trans folk prefer he, him, or she, her, or trans or non-binary folk just prefer they, them. I've never encountered these other pronouns outside of those. Right. Are, do they exist? Are they common? What What do you know about them? Yeah, I, I would say, yep, there are lots of different pronouns that, that exist, and they're not incorrect. I mean, I've, I've heard pronouns Z or Zer. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you just do a Google search of pronouns, you, you will find, like, the government of Canada has a whole list of pronouns that people identify with. Um, oh, okay. Wik- Wikipedia has a whole bunch of different pronouns that, that have come up, depending on what country you're in. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're right. There are lots of pronouns. Um, and so what? So what if there are a lot of pronouns? What what is what's the what's the big deal? Yeah. Right? Like okay, I for you know, someone identifies as they them, what what are they taking away from me mm-hmm. if I use they or them pronouns? I mean, that's the question that that I that I often ask when when people are like, "Well, I, I don't just I don't get it." Okay, I I appreciate you don't get it. So what is it about they or them that that's so problem? Well, it's 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 plural. Right. Okay, sure. Yeah, you're right. It is plural. However, we also now, it is now a societally acceptable singular word. Merriam-Webster chose 2019's word to be they, right? When you go back, even MX, like the honorific MX has been there for many years, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, it's a historically, it's, it's a term that is acceptable. So what is it about they then that's so problematic and right. i remember having this conversation with someone and and at the end of it i just said so is it really like i just like dig deep town because i know you love me and you care about me and and that's why i am 
even though I have all of these very big emotions coming through my body and like like coming out of my pores and my my face, right? Mm-hmm. I, I asked, so is it the singular or the plurality of they that you're having a problem with, or is it the person and their identity? Mm. And that that ended the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like, is it actually the word that we have a problem with? Or is it because I don't believe you're non-binary? Or I don't believe that you're a trans woman? Or I don't believe that you're a trans man because my religion says so? Or because my political beliefs say so? Yeah, exactly. Because I think we all know that language also evolves. Language is not static. (laughs) And the way people (laughs) communicate with each other evolves. And sometimes... Language can be wielded in a way that is exclusionary, mm-hmm. right? And this is not I mean, my and, and, field. And it's meant, yeah, yeah, and it's meant to be that way. I mean, even now, when we think about, like, so let's take a big step back and we think about the history of the gay liberation movement. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting to hear the names like Martha P. Johnson and um, Sylvia Rivera. And mm-hmm. there's another name of a person, but I cannot remember their name, so please forgive me. But but these are names that that we don't hear about, had not heard about, because when you look at the, the context of the, the movement, it was, the, I mean, you the history is told by the people who win, or the yeah. loudest people. Yeah. Right? And, and when... For a long time, when you think of a gay person, people around me would say, oh, yeah, when I think of someone who's gay, they're really, really thin. They have really, really washboard abs. They have blonde hair, blue eyes, and they're really, Mm -hmm. really femme. They're really feminine. That's my idea of gay. Well, but the thing is, when you look at how how Stonewall started and and what happened during that time, it was actually trans people were there. Mm -hmm. Black trans people were there as part of this whole movement. And and the podcast explores that as well. It it, it looks at how the history of the gay liberation movement has been whitewashed. Mm -hmm. And and you were talking about exclusionary language or exclusionary... I mean, that's because of a racism. That's why why some of these ideas exist of, no, 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 we need you to be this. Mm-hmm. So that so that you can be confined to what we think is okay, and right. we is like a big we, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 such a. I mean, it's it's. There's so many things we could talk. Right. It's it's such a complicated thing. And and if I, if, if there's one thing that I would like your listeners to appreciate is that it is very complicated. Mm-hmm. And my, what I'm telling you is not the definitive guide. Because mm-hmm. there is none. And even when it comes to uh, pronouns, there is no generally accepted term for certain peoples, right? I mean, we use the mm-hmm. umbrella term they, them, and non-binary and trans folk, right? Mm-hmm. But there is, like, even even that, the, we, we haven't reached that part yet. And so what I would hope for people will take out of the podcast is how to better understand people and how to be more welcoming. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it, you may not... You may not agree with someone's gender identity, but you can't just ignore people because there are people out there who identify as non-binary or trans. And if you stick around and, and sort of stick to your not evolving um, language dictionary in your mind or beliefs, well, you're going to be left behind because I've spoken to 
high school students. Like, I remember speaking to a group of high school students. I, I was talking about being non-binary, and I was like, it's so hard because I was worried about this and that. Mm -hmm. And the students were like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? What do I mean? And they're like, well, like we're non-binary, and we're like, yeah, it was kind of scary, but... Our friends are like, it's cool. As you said in the podcast, they don't get the struggles. They don't no. understand what it was yeah, like yeah. And to I mean, grow up before so, that time, yeah. right? So, and, and that's the thing. As we talk about these things, it's it's a it's a way to remind people that it hasn't always been like this. Yeah. And and, and we evolve over time. And, and I just, I, mm -hmm. I don't want anyone to be left behind because imagine, like, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years from now, like if someone listened to, to your episode or to this podcast, they might be like, what are, what's wrong with Mo and Will? What, are, what the hell are they talking about? What do you mean they don't understand what non-binary means? Like right. what is wrong with these people, right? Yeah. So it's it's just, it is an evolving world. And, and, and I'm hoping that people, even if they disagree, this might just help them be more polite and be more inclusive. Yeah. And I think that's a great lesson. And I think the lesson of understanding that there is fluidity in gender, there is fluidity in expression, there is an, a fluidity in sexuality, is just coming to grips with the reality that we are complicated creatures, you know? And we, we, we like to put ourselves into boxes and categories, but it's, that's just not the reality of who we are, and history speaks to that. Mm -hmm. And Mo, you have no idea how many times someone has said, stop trying to shove this down my throat. And I'm like, what am I shoving down your throat? Please, please help me understand what is it. And then no one has, has an answer for me. So it's yeah. like, I'm, not, I'm literally not shoving anything down anyone's throat. But, but there is still that belief that because we're talking about it, I'm shoving or people are shoving. Like it's no, we're just talking about these mm -hmm. things because they exist and we could ignore them. But then... Like, how dumb would you look 25 years from now? <laughs> because you... <laughs> how has the reaction been with the podcast so far? It seems yeah, pretty we... good on social media. <sighs> you know, Mo, my best friend is mute on Twitter. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I have a... I'm a pretty patient person, and I genuinely want to engage with people when they ask questions. That, that I mean, they may be loaded questions, but I... I, I, I want to help people understand, even though it's super exhausting, Mo. Like, imagine mm -hmm. someone going to you and being like, can you explain racism to me? How is that even a real thing? It's like, are you, like, seriously? What do you mean? How? Ah, Google. Google it. But I, you know, genuinely, I just, I want to, like, this is going to sound so cliche, but I literally just want to make the world a better place. And to mm -hmm. me, making the world a better place means better understanding and appreciating people. And so I try to take that approach when people tweet me and they're like, this, 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 or that. But it's just but will, sometimes... But Will, the yeah. thing that I find is, and I get the same thing, but on a much different level. So I'll put out a podcast clip or I'll say, you know, this week's podcast is about this. And I'll get someone who asks, you know, very antagonistic questions about the subject matter. And my whole thing is like, you haven't listened to it yet. No, like, and that's, like the, ask and me that's questions the thing. After you listen to it, so yeah. I guess what I'm asking you is, in terms of people that have listened to it, how is the <laughs> okay. how is the All reaction right. been? So for people who have actually listened to it, who who I've interacted with, mm -hmm. for the most part, people the, the the most common reaction I've gotten is, I didn't know that's what you meant. Or mm. I didn't know this was such a big deal. Or I didn't know this. Thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've gotten messages from people who, who are who identify 
who secretly identify as trans or non-binary, and they just haven't felt safe enough to tell their coworkers or to tell mm. their family um, or their friends. And in a couple of instances have said, I've just played your entire podcast to my family and I'm going to come out to them next week. Right? Like it's, it's wow. because we, because it's an, right. So the, I think in terms of the people who have actually listened, people will appreciate that this is not the definitive guide, that this mm -hmm. is just, these are just examples that illustrate some of the issues. And I wish we had a second season, maybe, I don't know. It depends on how many people give it five stars on Apple Podcasts or, or review. I mean, you know, right? Like people, <laughs> see, I mean, we, this is the public, this is the public's money. Mm -hmm. We are a public broadcaster. My, and I take that job very seriously. Like, I still remember having this conversation with, 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 my, with my manager from Vancouver. And I said, you know, like... Like, I take what we're doing very, very seriously because, our, like, my job as a public broadcaster is to reflect Canada. Mm -hmm. And and by doing this podcast, we're reflecting people who we don't often hear from. And, I mean, someone, so it was uh, the, the managing editor uh, of the Prince George Citizen wrote a, an editorial and, and essentially said, now, so I'm, I have to bring this up because I can, I'm not going to say it properly. So give me one moment. I'm going to pull sure. it up because, because they essentially said, hold on, I got to do the scroll thing on Twitter. I, I must tweet a lot because this is so far away. All right. So they essentially said that, um, oh, the internet's being slow. Stand by. No worries. Okay. Hold on. And so can you re repeat who this is? There was the editor at the Prince yeah. George newspaper. Yeah, so okay. I will do that, and let me just open it. See, this is like when you need it, it just disappears. <laughs> so I, so someone from the Prince George Citizen, who is, uh, I believe, the managing editor of the Prince George Citizen, wrote an editorial, and they say, they and us is both educational and inspirational because, through the power of stories, Fundals and others, they feature in the podcast series, Non-binary people are both elevated and celebrated as special individuals with unique perspectives. And this is the thing that, that, that I think captures what the podcast is. Their stories are told with empathy, but not pity, and curiosity, but not spectacle. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, when I read that, like I had lots of tears happening because I thought, yeah, I'm really pleased that, that, that someone... Um, that, that, that people recognize, some people recognize that this is what we're trying to accomplish, which is like, it's not here to, like, I don't want this to be like, oh yeah, remember that time back in 2020 when COVID happened? Oh, and there's some non-binary thing. Anyway, they're not real anyway. So this, 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 right? Like, it's like, I don't want this to just be like a, a one-off thing. I, I, I'm hoping that people will, will talk about this. And I think people are talking about it. I think so. And I think it's important work it's, as I said before, great entry for someone who has zero to limited experience with these issues and maybe is curious but doesn't know where to go. Like, it's accessible. And I think it's it's a, it's very good. It, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to see the shine that you are getting. I think it is critically acclaimed. I think a lot of people are talking about it. I'm hoping you have a second season. <laughs> Me too. Was there any topic or issue that came up now that the first season is fully available, were there things that came up where you were like, oh, I really want to cover this next time? Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I would, uh, if, if I had more time, we, we would really get into speaking to someone who is 
black and who is trans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, my experiences are very, I mean, so here's the thing. In, in one of the episodes, I talk about my privilege. Like, I'm pretty privileged because I'm where I am because I'm good at what I do, but also because I'm white enough. I sound mm-hmm. white enough. I can be white enough as I sort of progress through my career. People were like, yeah, you're like us. So cool. We'll give you these opportunities. Mm-hmm. My privilege is being able to talk to you about this on a platform like your show, like C- being on CBC and talking about these things. Like that's a privilege that, that I have that not everyone has. Mm-hmm. And, and so it really gives me a lot of... Uh, it. I would like to hear more from black trans people because their experiences are so different from mine and so different from from, from some of the people that we heard from mm-hmm. that if we don't talk about those things, people do this thing where they go, oh, conversion therapy is still a thing. I, I can't believe that was, that actually that actually happens. And it's like, right. what do you mean you like? Yeah, it's we're only now starting to. To ban, I mean, we're seeing cities like Edmonton and Calgary ban it, and I mean, there's talk about conversion therapy. Uh, you know, like it's just it's one of those things that that I, I I think we need to hear about those experiences, and then people can decide for themselves mm-hmm. whether they agree or not. Right? My my goal isn't to shove anything down anyone's throat to be like, yep, non-binary people, this 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 and that. It's you know, I I would like people to hear about these stories because. I'm not the expert in Harper's story. They are. Yeah. I'm not the expert in Yashnau's stories because she is. Or Bryn's story because he is. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the expert of my story, but that's all it is. And so as we hear from more people who are the experts of their lived experiences, I think it just helps people relate and, and better understand. Because really, I think that we all just want to be, like, I think we're all mostly kind people <laughs> and respectful people. Unless you start to call me like Bob or something, then I think we're mostly will... good people. I think we're mostly well-intentioned people. Yeah, yeah. I'm an optimist. Sure. Yeah, and and <laughs> I, so so that's one part of the of, of of what I'm hoping to do more of is to hear more from from marginalized people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we have a second season, I think we can get a little bit deeper into some of the unique experiences that other trans folk have or Mm -hmm. people who might identify as asexual like these Mm. are terms that that i've heard but i'm like i mean i get i have an appreciation but i haven't spoke to anyone who identifies that way so Mm -hmm. i think there's there's more but for the for the for the entry point like someone said oh it's you you're the way that you present the prod the podcast in terms of stories and the way you sound it's it sounds very inviting and kind and like i want to hang out with you Mm -hmm. and i mean that's absolutely like that's the purpose of that. That's what I was trying to accomplish. Is I just want you to hear from someone who you, who who's not going to judge you because you use the wrong pronouns. Yeah. Um. It's because it's like if you don't know, you don't know. So who am I to be like you're misgendering me? Well, okay, right. Like mm-hmm. now, for people who have heard it, if they continue to misgender me, then I might um, have other feelings. <laughs> Right. Fair enough. Well, Will, I think you accomplished all of that. I really do hope that there is a second season. We're all out of time here, but how do people find you online? What's the scoop on the podcast? Just as a reminder, where do the people go? Please promote all the things you'd like. So all you got to do is go to cbc.ca slash they and us. 
cbc.ca slash theans, and you'll find all the links to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, to Google Podcasts, and even the CBC Listen page. And um, as long as you're not going to send me racist things... <laughs> Or Don't really do homophobic. That. No, no. Not a, if any of my fans do that, you let me know. You you can find me anywhere. I'm just Will Fundal or at Will Fundal, and it's Will with one L, and Fundal is like I'm having fun, and then D A L. Um, I'm I'm everywhere. So just look me up. I'm happy to answer questions. Um, so follow me and go to the website and listen and please. Give it like five stars. I've seen some like one stars. I'm like, come on. Come on, folks. They're all, they haven't you, listened to it. They didn't yeah, listen to it. Listen to the entire thing. But give us some stars on Apple Podcasts and, and like put a review in. I mean, I'm starting mm-hmm. to hear more. I'm starting to hear from more people. And, and I just, it, it, it's helpful because I do get lots of not very nice things. So um, please say nice things. <laughs> you earned them, Will. Honestly, congratulations on the show. Thank you so much for your time, for, for talking to me about issues that, you know, I'm not very well versed in, and, and I appreciate your insights. So congratulations again on the success of the podcast, and, and thanks for being here today. You're very kind. Thank you for, for having me. It is a privilege to be able to talk about this. My pleasure. People, they are the host of CBC's original podcast, They and Us and the morning news editor of CBC Daybreak North. Just a fantastic human being. They are, of course, Will Fundal, and I am Mo Amir telling you that in a city where you can be anything, be colorful. Peace. <laughs>